Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Bodie Radio. Well, he was on top of the business world. Everything he touched turned to gold. And then all of a sudden it just came crashing down. And suddenly he's having suicidal thoughts. Evan and Jenny Owens are with us today to talk about Reboot Recovery, the ministry that helps people like you and me overcome trauma. It's a faith-based trauma healing course with training, online community, and it's open to anybody looking to move forward from trauma and tragedy into a better future. And there are peer-led courses in over 300 cities, including Grand Rapids. There's one that starts this Monday night. It's virtual, and you can find out about it at RebootRecovery.com, RebootRecovery.com. Evan, can you tell us a story about a time when you felt like you were falling apart? What was the source of your strength in those dark moments for you? In my life, there was a unique opportunity that was presented to me where I was able to be promoted very, very, very young to become the CEO of a very fast growing company. And when that happens to you, it's very difficult, nearly impossible not to sort of have your entire identity wrapped up in that role. It was a huge job and a lot of opportunities. And as that began to, you know, it was going very, very, very well, sort of everything was good. And then within a period of a pretty short period of time, about 12 to 18 months, it went from going amazing to everything that I touched seemed to not work. It was just seemed like destined to fail kind of thing. And this really caused me to spiral. And it was probably then that I had my first ever sort of suicidal thought of, you know, I'm a burden to others that I've let everyone down. Like Icarus, I flew too high on borrowed wings that weren't my own. And now I'm being discovered for who I truly am and I'll never lead again. And so what's the point? My best days are behind me. And, you know, I was the CEO and I was a fraud and all these sort of attacks, these darts of the enemy came at me all at a really short period of time. And ironically, it was during the same season that Reboot was beginning to sort of take off. And so it was this really interesting thing where during the week, I'm absorbing all the content that I can and sort of processing my own junk, my own stuff. And then like a like a baby bird, sort of, I was, you know, chewing it up and then spitting some of it back out into others' lives as well and saying, hey, here's what God's doing in my life. Here's what I'm learning. But we wanted to make sure that Reboot was really never about us and our stories. It's really about the leaders in these local communities and their stories. And I think that's the common theme is so many of them have had experiences like my own where you feel like these thoughts of suicide, these deeper thoughts of depression and anxiety, these deeper thoughts of identity crisis won't happen to you. And then when they do, you know, every book in the business section always teaches you how to climb the ladder. None of them teach you how to get down if you get up there and feel stranded. Mm. That's what happened to me. You know, that's, I think God was faithful and that he brought me a group of peers around me during that time who had none of the same experiences, but had their own traumas. And even though we had different types of experiences, the woundings and the attacks, you know, Satan, once he finds a play that works, he's going to keep running that play until it doesn't work anymore. And, uh, and fortunately I was able to, to connect with people who taught me how to stop that play from working. So you have suicidal thoughts. How did you get from there to the guy I'm talking with now? I mean, just what are a couple things that helped you get out of that quicksand? Well, I think with any lie that we believe, there's only one strategy that works, you know, but I think the strategy that works the best is unpacking it from a logic and a truth standpoint. 
and really saying to each of the lies, unpacking them one by one by one. And that's that inner healing work. That's that really good work of saying, where have I bought in deep? And so for me, it was, you know, I believed that my best days were behind me. I believed that I was what others thought of me. I believed that I was what I did for a career. I believed that I was a fraud. I believed all these things. And so once I believed those things, what I did was I began to just find evidence to reinforce those things Mm -hmm. and make the case against me stronger. I mean, what kind of attorney would do that? You know, you you have an attorney and they say, great, I'm going to defend you. And meanwhile, all they do is stack more evidence against you. Mm -hmm. But that's what we do a lot of times when we're our own attorneys. And so for me, I had to get some people around me who could be a judge and a jury and say, Evan, what you're saying doesn't add up. That's not true about you. And they had to attack each one of those lies quite specifically over a long period of time until I heard the truth long enough to say, wait a minute. Yeah, that is true. And then agreeing with that. And and we walked through a process in our book to do just that. Yeah. And I was just going to add to that with Evan and with anyone that we've worked with through Reboot, healing requires humility. A lot of times we like to brush those things under the rug that are unpleasant that we don't want others to know about. Or we want to maybe dictate the terms that we're going to get healing on because we only want people to know this part of our story. Just like you don't go to the doctor if you've got an illness and tell the doctor, well, I only want you to address these things, not these things. When the doctor knows maybe it's the whole picture that needs to be addressed or there's some root issue that needs to be addressed. For Evan, it was having the humility to be open with me and Mm -hmm. with the people that, as you said, were walking closely with us through our life to welcome that truth and Mm -hmm. humility. And and then secondly, community, that authentic community piece is a vital in any, I think any healing journey is, is there, you're going to need people with you for the long haul. You need people who are going to echo the right things back to you when your own inner voice is telling you the lies. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to overcome trauma, Man, you've checked in at the right time, at the right time. Evan and Jenny Owens, the founders of RebootRecovery.com. You know, and what comes to me as I listen to Evan and Jenny is, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, that's such an important biblical truth. And, you know, to take captive every thought, to make that thought obedient to Christ. And this is something that is learned. Mm -hmm. We just don't get it. I, at least I didn't just get it. I had to learn this through the help of the Lord, of course, and friends. But the mind is where the battlefield is. Mm-hmm. I can so identify with feeling trapped in guilt and shame and regret. And, you know, Jesus has done so much in my life in this area and is doing so much of my life through this area. And, you know, one of the things I need to do is preach the gospel to myself every day, but how do we turn that pain because it's so deep and it's so human? How do we turn that into something? How does it get turned into something good, something purposeful? Yeah. We refer to guilt, shame, and regret as the triplets because they typically run in a pack and they're like very mischievous and very deceptive and very damaging. And anybody who's gone through trauma, and when we talk about trauma, you know, we're talking about a broad range of subjects. So we're talking about hurt, abuse, neglect, rejection, abandonment, guilt, depression, anxiety. We're talking a, a large set when we, when we use the word trauma. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones kind of that it boils down to. And so how does guilt, shame, and regret get turned into good? Well, each of those has its own answer. First off, guilt, we have to say, okay, well, is it true guilt or is it false guilt? You know, true guilt's referred to as conviction. That's the Christian word for it. 
And this can be used to lead us to salvation, like it talks about in Corinthians. On the flip side, guilt that is false. In other words, it's we're doing time for a crime that we did not commit. We feel guilty, but in fact, we aren't guilty. That can only lead to one place, which is further condemnation, because how do you be innocent from something that you didn't do? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's illogical. <laughs> and so that's the first step there. I'd, I'd say on shame and regret. Regret, I think it's been called the worst of all human emotions because it's impossible to change something that's already happened. One of the things that we talk through, we spend a lot of time in the book is learning how to forgive ourselves and others. And when we look at forgiveness, a lot of times people who have accepted forgiveness are able to give forgiveness both to themselves and others. People who really have not accepted forgiveness are really not able to give give forgiveness to themselves or others. And so I think dealing with shame and regret begins, I mean, you said it best, preaching the gospel to yourself, but it really comes through a mental and spiritual acknowledgement of that grace in our lives that we can now accept, then we can offer to ourselves. And then from being a gracious person, being grace-filled, we can now offer that grace to others. And that sort of amazing cycle of gospel ministry begins to expand and form in the area of guilt, shame, and regret. That's probably the area that I've seen the most. That and identity are probably two of the areas where we've seen the greatest transformation in people from being just saddled with depression and worry and fear and anger to where as they learn to do that, they they find freedom. Evan and Jenny Owens, they are the founders of Reboot Recovery, RebootRecovery.com. And I know something about forgiving myself and, you know, for the things that I've done wrong in my life. And it does start with knowing that Jesus has forgiven us, but it's got to move from my head to my heart. And that's been the process throughout my life from my head to my heart. And it's really just choosing to trust God's word, trust that what God says is true and just continuing to come back to that and choose to believe that even when I, especially when I don't feel it. And somehow the Holy Spirit does a work in that process mm-hmm. where you believe it, you don't feel it, but you trust it. You, you don't just believe it, you trust in it. You cling to it in the face of feelings that tell you otherwise that you're not forgiven. And that truth just works its way down into your heart over time. I think one of the lies that can kind of trip us up a bit is just thinking that it's a one and done. Like if you can get the truth and, you know, replace the lie, well, you're good then. But the lies keep coming at us and and new ones and old ones, you know, that revisit us and try to rear their head again. And so that's why we need to keep preaching the gospel to ourselves. And that's why the truth needs to come at us regularly because the lies are coming at us regularly. So for our brain to catch it, we just need to keep experiencing the truth. And that's God's word. Yeah. How do you find purpose and meaning in these painful experiences? And that's really been the beauty of doing this work. We didn't go into this really expecting much. We just knew we we felt a call from God to Mm. offer love to these people who were hurting. But what we've learned over the last 10, 11 years is that if, if trauma is your personal intersection with the brokenness of the world, and I think that's a that's a definition that kind of came to me one day that I felt like the Lord led me to is that we, we will all feel the heavy ramifications of the fall of man and not that they're necessarily as a result of our own choices, but just the choices of the people that live in the world. Sin exists and we will all encounter that. And it's going to change the way that we view ourselves and God and others. That's trauma. 
But then recovery from trauma is your personal intersection with the redemptive heart of God. And as we walk through this with so many people, we've seen just time and time again, evidence that God is in the business of renewing and restoring, of taking that which seems broken beyond repair and repurposing it for something that's good. God doesn't just discard things that are broken, but it says, I think it's in Revelation, see, I'm coming to make all things new, not all new things. God's not replacing us or casting us aside if we're quote unquote, no use to him. He's making things new again and helping people to discover that even though they've walked through these painful experiences, it's not pain for pain's sake. It's pain that can be reformed to become the hope that someone else can turn to and look to. And that's what we've seen in the person of Jesus and in his suffering is the light and the life of the world. And so when we look to him and in our own experiences, walk in his footsteps and recognize that there is an other side to this that is beautiful, that can bring light to other people. That's the beauty of Reboot. We've seen it just time and time again, and it's multiplied because people have been taking this trash and recycling it and upcycling it to something that can be useful for the world. Jenny Owens, Evan and Jenny with us, and their book is Healing What's Hidden, Practical Steps to Overcoming Trauma. If I have any trauma in my life, it's it's shame. And it was pretty much self-inflicted mm. at a very early age, you know, in my in my teenage years by foolish, sinful choices that I made. And it created this wound of shame. And so if I have trauma, it's that. And I can only speak for myself. It's my trauma that has brought me to Jesus Mm. that has caused me to see my need for Jesus. And I have a story to tell. Yeah. I have a story to tell of, of Jesus healing me from shame and, and rescuing me, but it's, it's not like that's in the past because I still carry that wound with me. Right. The Lord is, is healing me from it, but it's still with me. And in some way, shape or form, it's going to be with me until I draw my final breath. And so At the same time that I have a story to tell, I also have a thorn Mm -hmm. that keeps me trusting in Jesus. Yeah, for sure. I had a conversation with a good friend yesterday. I I realized that one of her deepest wounds, an area in her life where she just did not have a good relationship with her dad, I was sharing about my relationship with my dad and my dad was very, very special to me. We had a great relationship and he was an incredible godly man. And that's not what she had. And after the fact, I realized, wow, I I did not mean to inflict pain on her when I was talking about my story with my dad. And so I just wanted to follow up, you know, and have a conversation with her and just said, I'm so sorry if that was painful to you. And she said, you know what? Your story is your story. And my dealing with my trauma is my journey. And she said, five years ago, that probably would have been a real trigger for me to hurt again in a fresh way. But she says, I'm growing and I'm learning to deal with my trauma. And it's not that that has gone away, but it doesn't have the sting that it once did. Okay, despite all of our our comforts, medicine and connectedness, there's still a hope deficit in the world today. Why are we more hopeless now than ever before? And how can we regain hope? I think you're right. 
the suicide numbers are staggering. Um, suicide is the second leading cause of deaths, like 18 to 35. Doesn't discriminate rich, poor, white, black. It's across the board. There is a hope deficit. And unfortunately, I think we are looking for hope in all the wrong places. And we're rec- I think we're, we're, we're starting to recognize that the strategy of withdrawal from painful experiences, avoidance of painful experiences, numbing out painful experiences, and the hope that that's going to bring us hope. And the, you know, that's the goal is we're going to make our lives better by just trying to self-help ourselves and pat ourselves away and cushion ourselves away from these painful experiences. Unfortunately, um, that's a losing equation because the Bible teaches us, and this is a very counterintuitive equation, that hope is the fruit of suffering. The verse in Romans that says suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Suffering is the starting point of an equation that produces hope. And I think we're learning that people who learn to press into their suffering, learn to embrace what it is teaching them and learn to look at it from a perspective that allows them to see what good can come of this, what purpose can be found in my pain. Those are the people that are finding the true intangible treasure of hope that medication or even counseling in some cases is not going to provide. And we've seen it in so many lives that have been turned around and these people have no reason to be joy-filled and purpose-filled when their lives have burned down around them. But we've seen it and it's a spiritual gift. It's something that only comes from the Lord. And I believe that it's something that only comes through that refining process of walking through suffering. Yeah, you're you're talking about a journey there. Suffering yeah. produces perseverance. Perseverance means you got to be in it. Perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope. This is not an overnight recipe. No, absolutely. I would say our modern equation would look more like suffering, persevere for a couple of weeks. And if <laughs> yeah. it's not there, do anything possible to rid yourself of the suffering. Mm. Or straight up denial right out the gate. Like if I can just avoid right. the fact that there is trauma or that there's hurt in my life with yeah. other things, then maybe, maybe I can stuff it down so far that it doesn't have impact in my days or in my relationship. And that's the the cover of the book, Healing What's Hidden is a rug and the word hidden is poking out from underneath it. This that concept of just brush it under the rug. And we can do that and sustain it for so long. And many people do. But what we've learned is that if we don't deal with our trauma, eventually our trauma is going to deal with us. It's going to come out in these undesirable symptoms or broken relationships or just shattered concepts of self and identity mm-hmm. that erode our lives. And so that's what we're, we're all about is, is like taking that on head on, peeling that layer back and, and addressing it. Jenny Owens, Evan and Jenny with us, the founders of Reboot Recovery, RebootRecovery.com. And what I hear them saying is that, you know, for suffering to become transformed into something good. You, you lean into it, but not by yourself. You lean into it with, by leaning into Jesus, the Holy Spirit, by friends. You lean into suffering with the truth. You don't go elsewhere. I'm, I'm just thinking of my own journey and the places where it felt like it was over. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had those moments. And instead of self-medicating, by God's grace, have had good people around me and have leaned into the suffering, felt the suffering in the context of all this kind of support 
you know, when if you lean into suffering on yourself by yourself, you know, then it's probably going to not be a good outcome. Mm -hmm. But with all these things around us, of course, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the love of the Father, but the truth and, and friends telling you truth and, you know, your church and all these things. This is Jesus' way. He he recreates us through suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and through the process of healing. Helping family members, helping friends, helping others who are traumatized. You know, they've given up hope. What are a couple of things we can do to to help them, to be good helpers? Yeah, I remember when I was maybe a teenager, there was this uh, seminar at our church, I think it was, or something that was on the subject of mental health. And I'll, I'll never forget that one of the pieces of advice they gave us is if, if you think someone has gone through something terrible and they seem like they're struggling is to go ask them this question. They said, go ask them. And, and maybe this will, some of y'all remember this question is, have you talked to someone about this? And I look back now and I think what a crazy, terrible, awful, no good initial question, because the person they're talking to is you. That's why they're talking to you. So to, to say, have you talked to someone? They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to come to you in humility right now. Yeah. And yet you're kind of saying, I'm referring, refer me to someone else. And I, and I think that we've maybe overplayed our hand a little bit in this sort of, well, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I couldn't, I couldn't ever talk to you about this. Cause I, I don't have the expertise. You need to go talk to professional. I mean, the truth is there's already a shortage of 15,000 professionals. So waiting lines are longer. Insurance is not taking it. Expenses are coming higher in for counseling. My point is there aren't enough professionals to meet the demand. And so who better to step forward as peers than us as people of faith saying, we know where there's a redeemer mm-hmm. of trauma. Right. And so the first thing is, is I think being available and just being ready that if you're open to these difficult conversations, here's the thing. So few people in today's society are willing to actually have long, deep, difficult conversations that when you're a person who is willing to have difficult conversations, you know what? You'll find yourself having a lot of deep, difficult conversations just because so many people are eager to share with you. Number two is lead with questions and curiosity. Start off and say, you know what? I don't understand, but I want to help me understand. Tell me what was this like for you? How are you dealing with it today? What's the biggest thing that you feel like you're believing today that may not be true? What's the lies that Satan's whispering? All these kinds of questions. If you're genuinely curious and want to understand the person and what's going on with them, most of the time they're going to keep talking. And that's going to open a door, not necessarily for you to solve their problems. That's not the goal. The goal is to love them and love them well. And a lot of times for some of us, that's all that we really needed was someone to love as well. And that's something, again, I love our counselors, but our counselors can't love us in the same way that a peer can. Mm because they're professionals. They're paid to be our friends. And we've gotten to a place in society where sort of all of us are having to have counselors all the time. And that I think is an an output of the fact that we've gotten too busy in our lives to have deep, real, authentic conversations and relationships so much so that we have to pay people to listen to us talk. Mm. That is an outcome of the busyness and the chaos of our culture. And so being available, being ready, being curious, asking great questions, listening and being present. Those are things that all of us can initially do. Every single person who's listening can do those things. And that's usually enough to save a life when someone is suicidal, believe it or not. That's usually a good starting spot. And certainly then referring to professionals when the time comes, that's okay. Not downplaying that at all. Evan and Jenny Owens, their book is called Healing What's Hidden. They're the founders of Reboot Recovery, rebootrecovery.com. And 
I've shared about this friend, really close person in my life that I've been walking with through his suffering throughout many, many years, decades, and no counselor has been able to, to help him break through. I mean, he's gotten some help from counselors and I appreciate counseling. My wife is a professional counselor. My son is studying to be a professional counselor. My future son-in-law is studying to be a, a professional counselor. So nothing against that. And I've received some of that, but in this case with this friend, he hasn't received any help, any breakthrough help. So we've had to walk with him, not just me. And I think one of the things I've learned through all the years is just to validate, mm. you know, that must be so, that that's just, has to be so excruciating for you to go through that. And of course, I want to bring in truth and love and I want to pray, but just that presence and, and listening and trying to understand. He wants to be understood. And there, there's no formula. Mm-hmm. There's no formula. And what I'm, what I'm hearing and what I'm learning this morning from Evan and his, you know, saying that the question of, you know, have you talked to somebody about this? Is that we have, I think Christian counseling is a beautiful and good thing. And I see a counselor regularly and will continue to, and I'm grateful for that. But what I'm hearing is we need to be better at showing up for each other and Mm -hmm. being able to be in space that's uncomfortable. And that's what you're doing, Perry, with this friend of yours is, is walking through it with him on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But I think that, I think that this book, you know, Healing What's Hidden, Practical Steps to Overcoming Trauma is a tool for all of us to better understand how to walk with the people that we love deeply through hard things instead of just deferring them to a professional. Yep. You know, we can, we can do more. We can do better. Yeah, we can. And this book will give us the tools. So often there's just a desire in me. Maybe it's the mama in me. I don't know. I want to make it right. Like I want to, I want you to feel better right now. And so I want to say something. I want to do something. And that's the opposite of being curious and asking questions and sitting in this space. That's yuck. It's an obstacle to what is actually needed and what's going to bring about the healing. Right. And it's the combination of grace and truth over a period of time. And so if you've ever had a situation where you tried to talk to someone and they led with too much truth early on, usually that leaves us feeling condemned. But if they lead with a lot of grace initially, which comes in the forms of curiosity and questions, you never feel judged. Now, if we never get to the truth, if we never get to, hey, here's something that you need to to consider doing, then that's called enablement, right? When we just have grace upon grace and there's never any truth. But all this has to happen over time, like you just said. And I would just say, um, we've had lots of these conversations where we sit outside the coffee shop and just praying like, Lord, I don't know what to say. I'm going into this a little bit blind, but I know this person, you know, Maybe they said something on Facebook that was like, Ooh, these are some red flags. So I reach out to this person and just say, would you like to chat? And as Evan said, you don't have to have the fix it answers, but sometimes just saying to the person, you are worthy of love. You are worthy of life. You would be missed if you were gone. Mm-hmm. God has you here for a purpose. Those very simple and they're not mm-hmm. contrite, they're truth. Mm-hmm. They bring t- people to tears because they're not hearing that from the rest of Agreed. the world Agreed, 100%. and holding their hand and looking them in the eye and telling them, you are worth living. Your life is worth living. It can be just 
a lifeline in that moment of breaking. And then as I've said, listening, following up over time, helping them get connected to something like Reboot or something else as a next step. It doesn't have to be just you. Just feel empowered that you do have something to offer, even if you're just an everyday person. The power of listening, being present, and asking loving questions. Mm -hmm. Don't underestimate that with the person that you feel their troubles are way above your pay grade because you have the Holy Spirit That's in right. you. And I remember when when I hit the wall with depression years ago, a counselor, and I felt like God had cut me off and that I wasn't in God's family. That's how much the enemy had lied to me and twisted my thinking. And he said to me, this counselor, I, I, I explained to him what was going on. And he said, man, Satan really has you. And I thought, you know, that just reinforced that, man, maybe this is yeah, true. Wow. What, yeah. what a, what a foolish thing he said in that moment. Right. And that was a counselor. Man, if we'll just take time to listen mm. and love and needless to say, I did not go back to that counselor I found a different one who be, who became my Jedi master and helped me wade out of it. But, you know, we can make a difference yeah. if we just don't let something foolish come out of our mouths to begin with. And we can point people to Jesus. You know, I mean, I this whole desire in me that I confessed about wanting to just fix it and make it better and say something nice and kind and loving that's just going to make it all go away is is not helpful but saying man that's really really hard what you're going through let's bring Jesus into the conversation can we let's talk to him you know just keeping him at the center i think is the greatest gift that we can bring to any conversation what have you learned from your own maybe start with with you Jenny what have you learned from your own trauma well, my experience with trauma involved multiple miscarriages. And that's that's a whole topic that people suffer in silence. Um, a lot of times nobody knows because we just don't share them. I can say having a community and the power of prayer. When I walked through one of the, the miscarriages, Evan was actually out of town and I had to go to the hospital on an ambulance by myself and stay there for many hours by myself. I felt such an intense peace that the Lord was with me. I had a worship song just running nonstop through my head that said, I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open because I know that you're making something beautiful in me. And just recognizing that if we can hold our hands open, even in the worst of experiences, first, knowing that God is going to share that burden with us, but secondly, that he may have a gift for us in the midst of that suffering, something beautiful that only he can provide. I experienced that and it was supernatural, um, even in the midst of that pain. And, and it came through people rallying around us, praying for us, even though they weren't there physically, I felt it just that God is with us in our suffering and that having a, a community of support can really make the difference when you're walking through trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, two things, one doing reboot for a long time has taught me something that's not a happy thought, which is it's taught me to never underestimate the depravity of what one man can do to another. I think that when you encounter stories every day of severe traumas, you start to sort of really believe what scripture says, where it says they invented ways of doing evil. Mm -hmm. And you see, you have a front row seat to that. So you know that our enemy Satan is alive and well, but also it's taught me to never underestimate the power of a redemptive father as well. 
a true being, a, an actual God that can come into any situation that can redeem that, which seems totally irredeemable. He can take the thing that in our life is the worst thing that we could have possibly lived through. And we can look back 10 years from now and say, without that thing, I wouldn't have been here. And somehow as counter as it sounds, I'm grateful mm -hmm. that that awful, no good, rotten, terrible thing happened. That's a tough message to teach and a tougher message to live. But that's how it would, I would say it's changed me. Man, that goes deep. I, I resonate with that. Evan and Jenny Owens of Reboot Recovery. And it reminds me of something that I read from Brennan Manning and and I've adopted it as my own, <laughs> that everything that has happened in my life had to have happened to make me who I am. Yeah. Now that's a place that I've had to come to after many, 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 many years of wrestling because there are things I wish had never happened and, you know, I have regret and shame for, but to be able to realize that God can take that, mm -hmm. not in spite of that, but because of that, I am who I am today and I haven't arrived, you know, I'm still, I'm still on the journey, still struggling, but we do wrestle through things and God does help us move forward and get past our past. Fire can be, I mean, going through the fire can be just extremely painful, but God's purifying us in the fire. And so yeah. we come out different, you know, we come out more holy, That's more it. like Jesus. The, the recovery, the ministry is called Reboot Recovery. You can find out about courses that are taking place, communities, really groups to walk with into your healing that are taking place across the country, including right here in Grand Rapids at RebootRecovery.com. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.